Pwede bang batiin katabi ninyo? Tell that person you look extra wonderful today. Sino sa inyo dito, medyo kinilig kayo sa ngiti ng taong katabi ninyo? Anyway, it's a very beautiful Sunday morning and uh, just the best place to be on a Sunday morning is, is to be in the house of the Lord, um, just to worship the Lord together, have a wonderful time, and just to be in the presence of God. And I'd like to, again, once again, welcome all of you to our, uh, welcome to Victory Davao. We exist for two things. Uh, we're here to honor God and make disciples. We're passionate, really, in seeing people follow the Lord in their lives. And just a quick announcement before we get into the Word of God. This coming April 22 and 23, we will be having our Victory Weekend. Ano ba tong Victory Weekend? It's a weekend <laughs> where uh, the, it's the goal is to establish believers in uh, spiritual foundations. So after, kung natapos po kayo ng one-to-one, then you may be able to join this Victory Weekend. And the goal is for people to experience and know the truth. And as what, as what the Bible says, the truth will set you free. So if you are going through one-to-one right now, then you may be able to join this. And if you're wondering what is one-to-one, then you can actually ask us or you may even... Uh, uh, go to our discipleship corner later at the back so that you will be able to join this. All right, so really, really excited about this. Um, let's go back. Let's go to our series. Tayo, we're ending our series today, and the goal really is for us to understand what our role and responsibility is as God's people in terms of nation building. I remember 2008. That was the very first time I was able to go to a different nation, and the first time I landed on the sh- on the uh, shores, nak shores talaga, and the shores of Singapore, I was like, I was really amazed. Pwede pala talaga yung isang building magmukha siyang durian. And I was thinking, wow, it, it's, this is very nice, this place is very excellent. So it's really possible pala talaga that you could see a place na walang abog, okay? There's no dust, and you would see pati yung elevator, escalator nila, lumlutang. Can you, can you imagine that? Of course, I'm exaggerating, but I've never seen an ex, uh, a place such so excellent like Singapore. And it made me wonder, Lord, would it be possible to see the Philippines somehow become like Singapore? And I've heard so many politicians, they would say that the Philippines, we will make it into the next Singapore, we will make it into this very great nation. And many elections later, people are still promising that. Politicians are still promising that. And here's what I realized. Nation transformation does not happen in one election. In fact, I thank the Lord that nation transformation or nation building does not rest on one person. And whoever will, whoever will be elected, the, our, our role is to actually pray and support and to help build up our nation. Because if you look at what the Bible says, that nation transformation is something that God does. And God builds a nation by building His people first. It's us. In short, if you are a believer, if you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have Jesus in your life, God wants to use you in building His nation. So it's never just about electing the right, the, 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 the right president, though that's part of it. But more importantly, wherever God has placed us, we have a role to play. And this is what the, what, what the nation of Israel were in during this time where Haggai was actually prophesying. Because they just returned from exile and we, they, were, they, were, they were waiting, Lord, how are you going to build our nation? 
And so here comes the prophet Haggai. He rebukes the people of Israel. Build God's house first. And then God's presence will be upon you. And the blessings of God will be upon you. And then prosperity will, will be upon you. Prioritize God and His presence first. And here in Haggai chapter 2, as we're about to land this, this series, God appoints and encourages a person named Zerubbabel to accomplish his purpose. Now, I want all of us to please stand up and open our Bibles to Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. Haggai chapter 2, we'll be reading a couple of verses here, verses 20 to 23. Let's all read together. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of my host, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shiltiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the freedom that you have given us to hear your word, to listen to your, to your word, and be changed by it. Holy Spirit, I pray and I ask that you would open each one's heart. Buksan niyo po mga puso namin. Lord, that we would just really anticipate and really receive your word with such excitement, with such gladness. Lord, knowing that we have the freedom to worship you and to hear your word. So I pray, Lord, that may you transform our hearts today. Lord, not only uh, are we going to complain with what's happening in our nation, is that we won't be uh, defined by the colors that we represent, but more importantly, that we will be defined by our great and faithful God. Holy Spirit, speak to each one's heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated, everyone. So in this very uncertain moment in the nation of Israel, after God speaks to the priests about the kind of worship that the people of Israel were offering and as they were building uh, the, the temple, God was somehow displeased because they were actually living unclean lives. In short, I realized that you can actually do the right things without having the right heart. And what God wanted to tell the people of Israel is that you are my people and I want you to live for my very purposes. And then, let's continue. In, in verse 20, the Bible says here that the word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. In short, in the same day that he was addressing the priests and the uh, temple builders, the Bible says here that the word of the Lord came. And the Lord spoke again to Haggai, but this time addressing to Zerubbabel. And I love how God... He would always reveal His word, His plans, and His purposes to His people. In short, God is someone who does not hide His plans, His will, His purpose from His people. In short, God is not a God of confusion. He never wants His people to be confused with how they live their lives. So in short, when God speaks, the question is, do we listen? When God speaks, do we obey? When God speaks, do we have, okay, does God have our attention. So when God speaks, the question is, do we value His Word? The reason why we do not know His Word is because we don't listen and obey. That's why we're living confused and miserable lives. You see, for God's people, how we live our lives, our worldview should always be dictated by what the Word of God says. 
it's not about what our economy says. Like, can you remember um, during the increase of uh, this ridiculous increase of diesel and gas prices? How did how did we respond? We were like, pagasap na tayo, pati yung bahay natin, lagyan natin diesel, lagyan natin gasolina para hindi natin maubusan. People were crazy worried. And even for all and I were like, ano man my love, bilhin na ba tayo ng isang bahay na punong-puno lang ng diesel? Bilhin na ba tayo ng gasoline station? <laughs> and sometimes we can be worried. Why? Because of what the news are trying to tell us. And the reason why we're worried, the reason why we're anxious is because we do not know the Word of God. But thankfully, that as believers, as Christ followers, how are, the way we live our lives and our responses should be dictated by what the Word of God says. So our worldview should be based on what the Word of God says. The way we look at the economy is not dictated by the trends and the, uh, the, the current affairs. But we should always be led and determined by the Word of God. I love this quote by Dustin Benj. He said, if your Christian worldview isn't defined by the words and deeds of our Savior, you don't have a Christian worldview. You may actually go to church, sing the, the right songs, even cry during worship, but if the way you see the world is dictated by the world, then what this pastor was saying is that you don't have a Christian worldview. That maybe you're not actually following the words and the ways of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you see, our worldview affects how we respond to the challenges that's happening around us. And we need to align everything. Everyone say everything. We need to align everything to the Word of God. And I love how the Word of God came to Zerubbabel. And God speaks His Word to Zerubbabel to strengthen and encourage him as he leads the whole nation. Now here's the question, what can we expect for God to do in nation building? Ano ba yung gagawin ni God in terms of nation building? I want to ask you this question, do you want to see the, the Philippines being a blessing to the other nations? Can you imagine, I want to ask you this question, okay? Hindi to siya trick question. Can you seriously think or one day dream that the, ano tawag nito, parang equivalent of one dollar is equal to one peso? Gusto nyo yun? Okay, so at least may limang tao na gusto yun, no? Pero uh, how about the 1,500 who are here? <laughs> can you seriously think of the time where one day it can become one peso, one dollar? If time will come that it will happen, and that's a dream, do you still want to live in a different nation? Do you still want to go abroad and work there? Because I believe that when God builds a nation, we, that's, that, that's the kind of nation that's truly blessed. Not just because we're economically being prospered, but it's because the people are the source of the blessing. So what can we expect for God to do in, term of, in terms of nation building? First is this. God uses people for His purposes. God wants to build a nation, but God uses people for His purposes. In short, God chooses people, and at the same time, there is a purpose that He places on these people. Now, if you look at the if you look at the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God chooses the people, the nation of Israel. He called for His name a people. So there is this people that God called, that God qualified, that God used. Now, at the same time, He has placed upon them His purposes. Ano tong purpose para yumaman, para maging komportable? No. 
But the purpose is to actually glorify God in their lives. So, ibig sabihin nito, ang ultimate purpose ng bawat tao is to know God, to enjoy God, and to glorify God in our lives. And if you're a believer today, your purpose is to know God, to honor God, to, to discover about God, to enjoy God, and to glorify God in your lives. That nothing else in this world truly matters in your life. The only thing that excites you, that energizes you every single day is God Himself. Not His blessings, not the things that you get to do, not the things that you get to experience in the church, but it's actually experiencing and enjoying God Himself. So you see, if you look at the stories in the Bible, it's about God choosing the nation of Israel and yet they would constantly rebel against God and, and, be, and have this pattern of wickedness and God would redeem them and God would sanctify them and then they would go back to their sinful pattern. But God constantly brings them back to His presence and His purposes. And God wants to use His people. He calls His people, He redeems them, He sets them apart. But the problem with the nation of Israel, they were rebellious, they were wicked, and they constantly failed God. It became a pattern of Israel's disobedience and God's redemption. Now, in the story, nung binabasa po natin in Haggai, as they returned from exile, God called them to rebuild, not just the nation, but God's temple. Now, just as God called the prophets to deliver God's word and remind the people of Israel, God raised up certain men and women to serve His purpose. Now, during this time, God wants to specifically talk and, and, and encourage Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel is the governor of the nation of Israel. Now, what's special about Zerubbabel? In fact, the only thing probably that made him special is that he came from the lineage of David. And probably, there's so much pressure to Zerubbabel because he came from this lineage of great kings from, from, from David and Solomon, and then there was a series of, of, of bad kings. But being the governor, in fact, his name, uh, the, the word, uh, his name Zerubbabel, it means the seed of Babylon. Because he actually was maybe was born in Babylon. Though he has the position, he has no power, no army, no greatness in him. And maybe being the governor of this, being reestablished or being rebuilt, uh, uh, rebuilt nation, there are comparisons and expectations that was placed upon him. Alam mo, tipong, yung lolo ng lolo ng lolo ng lolo mo, di ba galing kay David? Dapat you need to be the next King David, who would be great and, and rebuild our nation and make it great once again. And that's what we're doing every election, di ba? Parang we're setting expectations to people and tell them, you need to bring change to our nation. And for Zerubbabel, there's these expectations and comparisons that was placed upon him. Have you ever been compared to someone? Has there been expectations na binigay sa buhay ninyo? So, how long you hear you love being compared? with someone. Gusto nyo ba yun? Have you, do, you, do you enjoy being compared with someone? I've been compared a lot. There was one time that um, after preaching and then pagbaba ko, someone said na, you know what, pastor? 
you're not like this other pastor from another church, no? Mas magaling siya. Sabi ko, oh, praise the Lord. I'm glad that you got blessed with His preaching. You can actually attend the church and be blessed by His preaching. They went home, Lord, but di ako ganun kagaling mag-preach, Lord. <laughs> and had to go to God and receive the affirmation from God. Why? Because we will always be compared with someone else. And imagine the dilemma that Zerubbabel had to carry. Being the governor who's, about to, who's supposed to lead and, and bring this nation to greatness. You see, we can, we can be like Zerubbabel. We can be insecure about everything. We can be compared with someone else. And we can be insecure about our life, our future, our family. And we can actually feel uncertain and unsafe. And we can actually feel that way. And I realize that our insecurity is actually robbing us of this joy that God wants us to have. Our insecurity is robbing us of living out our God-given purposes. Can you imagine God has called you to lead worship because you're actually good in singing? And here you are, parang Lord, mag-audition ako sa worship team. And then you see someone else singing greatly. Ay Lord, ang usher na lang ako. At least kung mag-smile man ako, nakamas pa. And so many times we would compare what we do, what we have to someone else. Alam nyo po, kung insecurity lang yung basihan natin sa pag-serve natin sa Diyos, then we will always come to the point na Lord, wag na lang. Kasi hindi ako enough eh. And I thank the Lord that despite of our insecurities, despite of, our, of what we think about ourselves, God qualifies the insecure. God qualifies those who think that they are never enough. Because in reality, in the eyes of the Lord, I mean, kung tayo lang di natin kaya, but sa mata ng Diyos, He has already empowered us, He enabled us, and He calls us to do His will and His purposes in our lives. Come on, church! That's why when you think about Victory Dabo, please don't think na pastor lang po yung serve dito. It's not just the campus missionaries. God has called you and qualified you by His grace to serve His purposes. And I love that. Because there might be times that I may not actually recognize what you do in your homes, in your offices, but God sees and God cares every single little thing that you do. If you are a father and you have been praying for your, for your children, Lord, I pray, Lord, yung anak ko, Lord, that he, would, that he would grow up into, the, into a person who would love you and serve you. People may not know that, but that's also part of nation building, my friends. If you're a mom and you're saying, Lord, I have given up my dreams of probably in this corporate ladder and now I'm just taking care of our home. Guess what? That's part of nation building and you're actually living out God's purposes for your life. So understand today that God's definition of greatness is different from how the world tries to define it. If you're a mom today and you have been Raising up your kids, maybe isa lang yan, or dalawa yan, or maybe apat yan, or maybe sampo. Inisip mo, kulang pa. Gusto, Lord, gusto ko ng benteng anak. I mean, praise the Lord for your life. Because the very, peop- the very children that you are discipling in your home are one day the people who will change and bring this transformation into our nation. Because discipleship doesn't happen in church. It first starts at home. So to all the moms, to all the fathers, 
Praise God for your life. Pwede ba natin palakpakan ang mga, mga mama at papa? What's funny is that many of us, we don't serve because we feel lacking and not ready. Sino-sino dito ganyan yung nararamdaman ninyo? Lord, magsiserve lang ako kapag medyo matured na ako. Lord, magsiserve lang ako kapag medyo kompleto na ako. I mean, kung may years of experience na ako. Alam mo, I thank the Lord, I mean, especially I thank the Lord for our church, for our movement, that they're actually willing to empower uh, the next generation, even at a very young age. I remember I started preaching at the age of 16. While ibang tao nag-date-date, nag-crash-crash, I was already preaching the Word of God, Nax. Pero alam mo, remembering that my first preaching, sabi ko, Lord, buti na lang, Lord, no, hindi mo ako gikilatan ba? Because I said a lot of, honestly, I said a lot of things that sounded more of, alam mo yung sa Bible, it should, it's supposed to be exegesis. You have to really bring out the Word of God. I remember my first preaching could be more of like narcissists. They talks more about the self, about how we're supposed to be great and be good. In short, more of self-help siya rather than gospel-centered. And I thank the Lord that though I was started preaching at the age of 16, I was given the room, that margin, to actually make mistakes and grow as a preacher of the Word of God. So in the same way, you may come up with excuses, Pastor, I'm not yet ready. I have so many issues sa bahay. I am really sinful. Sino hindi sinful dito? Tingnan mo katabi mo. Tingnan mo katabi mo. Mukha bang perfect? Kung, for, kung perfect yan, dapat nasa langit na yan. Sino dito gusto nyo mauna sa langit? Kasi perfect na kayo. <laughs> Yet so many people, they come up with excuses. I'm busy, I have no time, I have personal issues, my marriage is healthy, it's not healthy, I don't have money. But just like Zerubbabel, God calls us and qualifies us for His very purpose. Tell the person beside you, God has called you for His purposes. Tell that person, Tinatawag ka ng Diyos. So not only does God uses people for His purposes, but He also empowers whom He calls. God empowers whom He calls. Haggai chapter 2, verses two to th- uh, uh, verse 23. God says here, I will take you and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. Do you know what a signet ring is? It actually symbolizes and represents power and authority. It means royalty. During the time of like, like hundreds of years ago, for kings to make a decree, they have a, a, a ring wherein they would stamp on it and that becomes the law. That becomes the authority. And the, God was saying here that God was choosing Zerubbabel to be like a signet ring. In short, his power and his authority was placed upon him. For what purpose? Is it to, to abuse the people of Israel? No, 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 no. For him to lead and accomplish the purposes of God so that together the nation of Israel would be able to worship the Lord and glorify the Lord. You see, in a world where there is godlessness, do you know what God wants to do? He would want to raise up godly people. Because the answer to godlessness is actually godliness. Let me give you an example. Roel, can you please come here? So this is Roel. Pwede kang gumata. Joke lang. Hindi po siya si Mr. Clean, ha? This is Roel. 
I love this brother. Okay, this is Ruel. Now, in a place where there is godlessness, oftentimes we would make reclaims. Alam mo reclaims? Reklamo natin ba? Nagreklamo tayo, Lord, ang gulo sa opisina. Lord, I mean, it's so messed up. Lord, I, there's just so much ungodliness. There's so much godlessness in our office. Uh, can you relate? Uh, a slight, okay, sige. <laughs> now, imagine in that very place of godlessness. For example, ito yung lugar where there's godlessness. Sabi ni God, you know what? The, the, the answer for that is to actually raise up godly people for that. Where there's corruption, I'm going to raise up. I'm going to use my people. Not only that, I will place my power, my authority upon that place. And what happens now is that in this place of godlessness, it starts to what? The light of the Lord Jesus Christ would shine. Because He will now become the salt and light of the world. Now, I want another, can I ask uh, Daniel to please come here? Now, this is Daniel. She's one of our campus missionaries. Now, in one of the campuses, students are cheating. Students, they're like, we don't want to follow Jesus. I mean, we're tired of, 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 of what's, happen- what's happening in our lives. There's depression. People are committing suicide. There's so much godlessness. And what God does is that He, he would raise up a person and place the person in a campus, a campus missionary. And in that place of godlessness, God will raise up someone who's godly and bring this godliness into this place of godlessness. To the point, can you imagine one whole campus, no cheating, everyone the loves the Lord Jesus Christ, serving God's purposes, and together we would see a generation of students living out God's purpose in their lives. Do you want to see that happen? So, isang area na to. Now, can I ask one more, probably? Uh, Riz, can I ask Riz? Imagine Luriz is a, imagine lang, she's a businesswoman. Though she's our a campus missionary. Imagine a place where everyone's doing under the table, there's corruption and all. There's godlessness in the marketplace. Now God would raise up someone. And she would be placing this person of influence, someone who's godly, someone who will never compromise in this place, in the marketplace. And transformation would start to happen. You see, that's the kind of picture that God wants to happen in our world. It's never just about electing one person into a position. God wants to empower His people, place His authority, place His power. Now these people walking in victory, walking in the truth of God's Word, now these people are going to bring the transformation and the change that we all want to see. Now imagine, wherever God has placed you, God has empowered you to accomplish His purposes. And He wants you to establish God's kingdom wherever you are. Can we just give God praise, everyone? Thank you, Loris. Thank you, Roel. Thank you, Daniel. So God empowers whom He calls. I love this quote by Leonard Ravenhill. He said, The greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world and make him holy. And then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. I want to ask you this question. Was there a time in your life that you felt unworthy because of your sins? Now, as you experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, have you seen some changes in your lives? Dati, alam yung parang lahat na lang you reclaim on everything. Lagi ka nagreklamo sa lahat ng bagay. And now, 
you start to see your heart change and now you start to love people and forgive people and now you're being more patient and being more joyful and now God is transforming you and now He puts you back into the world where there's so much godlessness and say, my son, my daughter, you are the answer to the prayers of other people. God has set you apart. You are set apart by God and for God. And not, not only that, not only does God empower those people that He calls, but more importantly, God's sovereign purpose will prevail. It will always prevail. You see, though God has called Zerubbabel, He also understands that people can fail. Have you ever failed someone? Or has someone failed you? Understand that despite of us failing, it's God who will ultimately bring the change. Now in Haggai chapter 2 verse 22, sinasabi dito, And to overthrow, verse 20, 21, the word of the Lord came. Second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, verse 21, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. Verse 22, and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms, I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and the riders and the horses and the riders shall go down every one by the sword of his brother. What the Bible says, what God is saying here is that whatever earthly kingdom, earthly royalty, this greatness that you see here on earth, those things can actually be brought down. In short, everything that you see here on earth, one day it will perish. And God says, I'm going to shake the nations. I'm going to shake kingdoms until there is no more. That's why the only thing that will last here on earth is God and His eternal purposes. That's why we can never rest on our, on our earthly glory. Why? Because those things is going to perish. Mawawala po yung lahat ng bagay na pinaghihirapan natin. But God says that God's sovereign purpose will prevail. The question is, are you aligned to the purposes of God in your life? Or are you carelessly pursuing the wrong things in your life? The, one of the ancestors of Zerubbabel, who's his famous ancestor, King David, said this, Some trust in their war chariots, others in their horses, but we trust in the power of the Lord our God. In an, uh, the nations before, you would sense and you would know its power by the number of the chariots that they have, by the number of, of, of horses that they have. But the Bible says here some trusts in their armies, some trusts in their economy. But David said, but we trust in the power of the Lord our God. You see, many, many times we try to insist our own way to the Lord. Lord, this is what it means to be blessed. But God knows what it means for us to be blessed. And that's why sometimes He changes our plans because alam niyang nakakasira yung plano natin para sa buhay natin. And I love this because it can give us the sense of comfort that even if we make a wrong decision today, God is a God who reverses and redeems our wrong decision makings. I love the idea, I love the truth that God is a God of reversals. 
There are decision makings that we mess up with, but God says, I'm going to redeem these things. Proverbs 19, verse 21, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. In other translations, many plans are in a man's heart, but in the end, it's, it's the Lord's purpose that will always prevail. So you may actually insist your own way to the Lord, and He will graciously allow you to make those decisions, and eventually you will learn your lesson, and God would say, you know what, it's okay, because I'm here. I'm going to redeem you. Many times in my life, I've made that wrong decision. When I was younger, I, per, I mean, alam yung, I think for, some, for most of you, you've heard the story na ilang beses akong nabasted at nasaktan. I got rejected many times. Alam nyo yun, di ba? Hindi nyo alam yun? Kasi ulitin ko na lang for the sake of, I think for most, hindi nyo alam. I got married at the age of 32 years old. I mean, you're like, Pastor Jopet, at the age of 32, I mean, cute ka naman, gwapo ka naman. I mean, bakit 30 years old? Ang tanda mo nagpakasal. Now, yes, 32 years. And actually, in the first 32 years of my life, I never had a girlfriend since birth. And yes, before ako. But it doesn't mean po na hindi pa ako nagmahal. In fact, apat na beses pa akong na-inlove. Apat na beses pa akong nanligaw. Four different ladies. Apat na beses pa akong nanligaw. Apat na beses pa akong nasaktan. Apat na beses pa akong nabasted. At ngayon, apat na babae pa akong nagsisisi. Joke lang, okay? The last person actually who rejected me, nagbago yung heart niya, ngayon, asawa ko na siya ngayon. Yee! But the point there is that we have, I mean, I wish that I did not make those decisions before because I was young. But eventually, God has redeemed those rejection stories. I mean, I grew up with, <laughs> with rejection issues. But God redeemed those, and now I get to impart and share these stories of rejection to people who were also rejected. So every time a single guy would ask me, Pastor, I got rejected. I'm like, bro, I feel you. And then I would, get in, I would encourage that guy, bro, mag-wolverine ka lang, nasaktan ka. Heal up, pursue again. Pero unahin mo si God. Live out God's purpose for your life. At the end, of it all, God's power and purpose will always prevail. Here's one question, everyone. Are you pursuing Christ's purpose in your life? Or, I want to rephrase that. Are the things you are living for worth Christ dying for? Are the things that you're currently living for and pursuing right now, is it really something that has eternal value in our lives? So I want us to understand that at the end of it all, God's sovereign purpose will always prevail. God's got this. So how do we respond to this word? How do we apply these three quick things? First, know God's word. Just like Zerubbabel, in a, in a very uncertain time, the word of the Lord came. So we, I want to encourage you, get into the word of God. Know God's word for your life. Why? Because it is our confidence. In those moments that it's very uncertain, and you feel anxious, the Word of God will bring hope and it will inspire you to live the kind of life that God has for you. So know God's Word. Secondly, serve God's purpose for your life. God's purpose for your life is not just to get rich. He wants to prosper you, yes, 
But there are so many things that God has prepared for you. And God's purpose should drive us in how we live our lives every single day. Nagigising tayo, Lord, I just don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my efforts. I don't want to waste my talents. Lord, I want to serve you. One of the saddest things in life is to actually miss out on the very purpose that God has set for you. Though I love singing, I know that God has never called me to sing. And if pinilit ko talaga maging worship leader, then probably mas maraming taong umalis sa simbahan. But God called me to preach because I don't have the voice to sing. I was never born to sing. I was born to love. Yeah. The point is serve God's purpose for your life. And thirdly, live out God's power. Live out God's power. When you talk about the power, just like God placing His authority and His power upon Zerubbabel, know that God has placed His power upon us as well. You know, you see, as Christ followers, God has assured us and God has called us to be the change in this broken world that we live in. Now, how do we bring that change? It's not about uh, dancing more TikTok videos. It's not about being in social media. It's not about being an influencer or a blogger. Though God can use that, but what we have is actually the power of the gospel. What we have actually is the message of hope that can turn not just good people or not just bad people to become good people, but this message of the gospel that can make dead people alive in Christ. And that is the message that God has placed upon us. But now, people are saying, Pastor, I'm an introvert. I can even start a conversation, Pastor. I'm not like you, Pastor. Yes, but the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. God will give you the boldness. God will give you the courage. God will give you the initiative to do the things that you don't want to do. Even when you don't want to start that conversation with your office mate, God will tell you, uh-huh, I'm going to give you the wisdom, the discernment, and you will even share your testimony and people will be amazed kung paano ka nagbago. Do you know some people, nakapag pumapasok ng opisina, lahat takot, parang, ay, dyan na si boss, ay, dyan si ganito. But by the grace and the goodness of God, the Holy Spirit transformed you. And now from someone whom people don't like to be with, they sense the joy. They see that devotion and passion for the Lord and they're like, ano nangyari sa'yo? What happened to you? And you're like, <laughs> you see, ko ako lang, I cannot change myself. But this, let me share with you how Jesus changed me. And one thing you know, not just your seatmate in the office, not just your classmate, but people will start to see the change, the difference that God has been doing in your heart. From a complainer, you are now a worshiper. From someone who runs about the traffic and everything about life, you are now someone who just glorifies God with your heart, with your words, with your lips. You glorify God with everything. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. And I want to read this quote by Leonard Ravenhill. He said, no nation is better than its church. You see, as a church, we are called to be the salt and light. And he said, no nation is better than its church. And no church is better than its people. Only God-transformed personalities can change the moral fiber of the nation. 
So if you want to see a nation change, first we need to have change of hearts. To see a nation change, we need to have change hearts first. And so the, the change that we all want to see, it starts with us. It's not about the colors that we represent during this election season. It's never about any presidential ball. But let me tell you this, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Can you tell the person beside you, God wants to use you? Can we all stand up? Now, we will be celebrating communion in a while. But in application to the word that we have received, I want us to understand that, yes, there are concerns, there are certain issues that we have in our lives, but know that our excuses, those are actually, it's nothing before the Lord. In short, gustong-gusto ni God na baguhin ang mundo, but more than just that, gusto mo nang baguhin ni God ang puso mo. And maybe for some of us, there are still things in our hearts that we haven't fully surrendered to the Lord. I want us to take this time to pray. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. And with all humility, let's just come before the Lord. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now, saying that we need change in our hearts. Lord, there are, we are, for some of us, we are pursuing the, right, the wrong things. And for some of us, Lord, we are consumed by the cares of the world. Lord, for most of us, it's about what people want for us. For some of us, it's about what, 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 just the, what the world wants us to become. And Lord, today, we just want to say, forgive us. I want to pray for a set of people here with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. I want to pray for the first set of people. If you're that person and you've never made that decision to make Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Today is the day for you to say, Jesus, I want you to be king, to be Lord, to be the Savior of my life. I'm tired of doing things my own way. But Lord, today I want you to run my life. If you're that person, you're saying, Jesus, I want you to become my Lord and Savior. With no one looking around, can you just raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. Yes, thank you for those hands. Anyone else? Yes, thank you for those hands. Yes, thank you for those hands. Yes, thank you for those hands. If you're raising up your hand, I want you to follow after me as I pray. Lord Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I am a sinner and I need a Savior in my life. Lord, starting today, I'm making this, this decision to receive you in my life as my Lord and Savior. So Lord, I pray, please forgive me of all my sins. Lord, starting today, use me, use my life for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. If you made a decision, know that you have made the best decision that you can ever make to make Jesus as the Lord of your life. I want to pray for a second set of people. If you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet every single day it's just a battle for you to whether follow the Lord or to follow the world. And in your heart, gusto mo talagang sundin ang Diyos. But the pressure, the stress that the world is just trying to put in you, it's just very difficult. And sometimes you have been compromising in your walk with the Lord. And God wants to tell you right now, my son, my daughter, my grace is sufficient for you. Turn away from that life of sin and I'm going to use you. If you're that person, you're saying, Lord, I want to be used by you in my office, in my, in, in, in my, 
office, in my home, in my school. Lord, I want you to use me. If you're that person, can you raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. Yes, thank you for those hands. Anyone else? Yes, thank you for those hands. Yes, thank you for those hands. Lord, you see these hands. Thank you, Lord, for raising up men and women. Lord, who not only will they be bringing change and transformation to the world around them, but Lord, first and foremost, you are changing their hearts. Lord, eventually you're going to anoint them and use them. Even right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give them boldness. Lord, boldness and that courage to speak your word to their friends and to their office mates. I even pray, Lord, that you would use their generosity. Lord, that you would use their kindness, even their warmth, even their smiles, God. Lord, to bring, that, to bring transformation, to bring joy, and Lord, to, to bring people to your salvation. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd anoint your children. Bless them and use them, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, Amen and Amen, Amen. Can we just give God praise, everyone? You see, I'm really excited to see all of us to be used by God. And when we say nagagamitin ka ni God, this is not just a, a, a quote or a tagline that we, we have to hype you up because that is your mission and your purpose. You see, the church is not a place where you just go to and say, ah, I just want to hang out or I just want to hang out, check attendance and say to God, Lord, I attended church. Lord, bless me. It's not like that. I see the church more of as a family gathering where the people around you, tingnan mo katabi mo, look at people around you. Those are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Can you tell the person beside you, hi, bro? I mean, I, these are your brothers and sisters. We're family. Okay? We are family, though. Um, we may come from different homes and experiences. This is a place where we get refueled. That's why I also see the church as a gasoline station. This is not a place where you just, you feel safe now, Lord, the world is so scary, the world is so cruel. What God wants is for you to come here, be refueled, and then go out there and start demonstrating the message and the power of the gospel. Can we just give God praise, everyone? And the very reason why we can actually go out there is because of the cross. The cross is the seal, the, the, that landmark that we are, not only are we saved, but it's a reminder of this amazing grace that God has for every one of us. And right now, I want us to take this time to celebrate communion. I just want us to prepare uh, our communion elements, the cup and the bread. And just we partake of the communion, here's what I want you to do. I want you to approach someone. Okay, approach someone, find a partner, find a pair. And I want you to take the time to honor the faith of that person and speak faith upon that person. Okay? By twos or by threes tayo. Make sure na may lalapitan kayo. By twos or by threes, approach someone and I want you to speak faith upon that person. Alright? I'm going to give you three to five minutes. I want you to speak faith upon that person and and, and declare that God will be using that person. Pakilala mo na kayo, okay? Pakilala mo na kayo, say hi, hello. Tell that person we are family. 
Now, take the time to pray for that person. And after you pray, we will partake of communion together. Last two minutes. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, Lord, for this church community that we get to share life 
and even, Lord, apply your word together. Lord, we're just grateful that we're here to celebrate what you have done on the cross, your finished work on the cross. Because of the cross, we have victory over sin and death. And Lord, we get to live out your purposes in our lives. So Lord, today, we just want to say thank you. And Lord, we love you. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Because of the sacrifice that you have made, Lord, we have been made whole. And Lord, today, as we are reminded, Lord, we are also celebrating the victory that you have given us, the victory that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the bread together. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Father, thank you that as you have sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, we have received forgiveness of our sins. So Lord, right now we stand before you, forgiven, renewed, no longer condemned. Lord, you've removed all shame and guilt. God, because of the shedding of the blood, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the cup together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful time together as a church community. We just want to say thank you, Lord, for everything you've done in and through us. And more importantly, Lord, thank you because you have been so, so good. So, so good into our lives. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Can we all lift up our hands before the Lord? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Jesus, you are our peace. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, Amen and Amen. Everyone, let's give you a mighty clap of praise. Just before you go, why don't you give 10 people a fist bump or a high five? Say hello to them just before you leave. Have a great Sunday, everyone. God bless you.